Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. It's not that I don't like her. It's just that she wears me out. I need a nap after I get through dealing with her. Hmm. Hey, this is Michelle, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. We're going to be looking at how you get burned out. And of course, giving you some mental strengthening, some wisdom smacks, and a practical plan to help you make it through to the other side of a burnout rescue. I'll see you on the flip. Most of us have experienced some type of burnout, but today I want to talk with you about chronic burnout, that burnout where you just can't seem to get over it. And I want to bring you into a planned way for you to rescue yourself out of that situation. Now, For some of you, I do not have to describe to you what uh, burnout is, but for those who have heard about it, maybe don't even believe it exists, let me just give you a quick little baseline of what we're talking about. So burnout is that chronic stress that you endure that you're not able to successfully manage. And I will say a large amount of people do not realize that they are suffering from burnout. It can be very invisible and it you can think that you're fine and there will be subtle indicators that you're not. Some of them include apathy, you know, that numbness where everything is everything, but it's not that you're chilling. It's that you can't seem to react or respond appropriately to things that are going on. The house could be burning down and you don't have the power to even care. You're like, okay, we'll just deal with it tomorrow, that kind of thing. So burnout is real. And when it first came on the scene in a big way, it was usually attached to your workplace where you worked. And it is still a big driver of what people experience in the workplace. But now it has seeped over into our social lives. And you know, here on this podcast, we deal with you individually, looking yourself in the mirror one-on-one. So let's get into it because we've got some good stuff for you. So how I'm going to break this down is we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that you can use. We'll talk about some of the, the tools and the skills available, and then we'll give you a, a, a little uh, mini kind of practical plan to help you uh, get through. And at the time of recording, we're in high season of the end of the year. 
uh, where most of the world is stressed out on top of that. So even if you're not burned out, a lot of these things that we're going to talk about today will help you in uh, navigating your social uh, environment. All right, so let's get into it. So the first thing I want to say is, is that when you are feeling burned out, maybe suspect you're burned out, you have to do an assessment. And this assessment is going to help you discover a lot of things about you and uh, and what's going on in your life. And people tend to not think that they have the power to do their own diagnostics, but you can. Uh, A lot of people do it all the time when they go online and they do surveys, assessments, and quizzes to figure out some aspect of themselves. And this is no different. So let's give you the power to be able to rescue yourself um, from burnout. So the first thing I want you to do is to discover whether this is a temporary thing or if you need to make some permanent changes. And to do that, we need to identify the areas that are stressing you out or causing you to um, uh, have to work more than normal or that, than you should. So those are going to be areas like people, personality types, hierarchy, power, status, time, and deadlines. These are some of the biggest triggers that people face. And these are the categories that if you start with them, they're going to help you to uh, get a pretty spot on idea of where you need to address your um, attention and a plan of attack. So let's look at them individually. When you have people and personalities, uh, there are going to be certain people that just argue that the mere sound of their voice or their name causes your butt cheeks to clench or your stomach to flip or something. And it is not a natural, it is a normal thing because there are natural personality types that irk us. And a lot of times they will either have something that is exactly like us that we don't like, or they might be our exact opposite, which is basically, that's your soulmate. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people get that whole soulmate thing confused. They think that it's about love. Nope. Soulmate is the other side of you. And usually if you ever meet them, they're going to piss you off. All right. So uh, people. Personalities. Now, these big personalities are not just with people. Um, Folks don't realize that when you work in an environment or when you hang out socially, there is a group personality. There is a corporate personality that you have to contend with. And you're not always guaranteed to be in sync with it or like it. I mean, it can get to the point where it's downright grating on your nerves and it takes too much energy to sustain uh, a cordial, a cordial uh, response to what's going on around you. So be aware of that. And and if I haven't already said it before, for each one of these categories, if somebody or something pops up, write it down or make note of it. Put it in the parking lot so that you can go back and deal with it because this is your own sense of wisdom and your subconscious coming up to let you know, yep, that's it. That's one of the ones that you need to uh deal with. And what we're just doing right now is just helping you to become more aware of things that are already there, ready to say, hey, look at me, I need to be dealt with. So then the next one is a big one. And this one is either hierarchy, power, or status. And uh, these are the social constructs. Think of them as the pecking orders, whether it be in um, work life, home life, or family life. 
And I'm take, making a difference between home and family for a reason. Because in your home, you can have your family, but you can also, outside of your home, have your relatives, which are still family. And there is a hierarchy that people... Um, tend to fall into based on um, how they grew up or how they uh, are expected to interact, excuse me, are expected to interact in uh, the presence of these people. And it can cause you to have a lot of stress. And also with the hierarchy, um, we have talked many times on this podcast about dominance and submission and how that is one of the first things that happens upon interacting with people, not just meeting them for the first time, but whenever you are having an interaction with them, there is some type of pecking order going on, some type of dominance and submission. And if you're already depleted from a lot of different other areas, it will cause you to stress out or have anxiety or like we said in the A part, there'll just be something about that person that wears you out and you just don't want to be bothered or the situation. Um, the, the status part of this, there's a lot of jockeying going on that people may be aware of or not. But in social settings, more and more people are talking about having social anxiety. And it is due to the fact that a lot of people are not doing what they need to. They're not doing the work to handle their own um, egoic needs, uh, to strengthen their ego uh, so that they can be okay. Basically, there are a lot of immature people when it comes to their emotions and emotional management, and it's starting to clash within our society. So be aware of that too. Now, if I've said anything about people, personalities, hierarchy, power, or status to this point, please make note of it. And if you're at a place where you're not driving or where you can write something down, write down what comes to you. The next one is a really big one that uh, people are more likely to be aware of, and that's going to be timing and deadlines. Oh my gosh, these trigger people uh, in a big, powerful way, especially if you have a personality tendency of being a questioner or, and well, all of them except for the up, upholder. <laughs> and um, when I'm talking about the personality tendency. Uh, Gretchen Rubin does a great job in her book, The Four Tendencies, where she talks about four different tendency types of people's personalities. And so she talks about uh, the most rare being the upholder. This is the person who's the stalwart. They're going to do it no matter who's looking, who asked or whatever. If they said they would do it, they'll do it. They're just like the taxes. They always come around. And then there are the people who represent the majority of the population. They are going to be the obligers. They do stuff to be socially connected and they tend to be uh, able to do stuff for social acceptance more so than they can for individual advancement. So whereas if they go walking with a group each day, they'll lose weight if that's what they're trying to do. But if the group is not there and they have to do it by themselves, they may or may not be able to pull it off. Then there are the questioners. And these are the people who have to prove it for themselves. They are uh, have a high curiosity quotient and they will not just take your word for something. They need validation and they need to see it and prove it for themselves. And then there are... Um, the rebellers. These are going to be the people that no matter what you say, they have high control issues and they need to make sure that they stay in control or perceived control. If you ask them to do something or tell them to do something before they even realize that they've probably 
uh, decide if they're not going to do it or subconsciously find ways to not be able to do it. And so that's what Gretchen Rubin talks about in her four tendencies. I would encourage you to read the book. It's a short read. If you haven't already, Google it. There is a free online assessment to let you know where you fall in these categories. And it will really help you with coming out of uh, your burnout so that you can understand what your tendency and your personality is and how it might be affecting you when you interact with other people of different tendency classes. All right. So moving on from that, that has been like one of the first things to do a self-assessment to figure out if these areas are places where you have some lurking stress factors and triggers that are causing you to have to expend more energy than it takes, than it should take normally to run your life. All right. So the biggest one that people don't Um, tend to pay attention to is going to be their interpersonal relationships with people. It may be that you're burned out and it could very well be with those that you call closest to you, your friends, your family, your spouse, your children, and they could be burning you out, but it's easier to say it's the job because to be burned out by the people that you can't get away from is a hopeless situation. And so I'm going to give you a a very good uh, assessment that you can do on your own with regards to your relationships. And I cannot take credit for it. It's called the Relationship Axis. And it was put together by a a wonderful award-winning sci-fi author um, that I adore and listen to um, on the um, Writing Excuses podcast. Her name is Mary Robinette Cole. And she came up with um, a six axes of relationships that she said she got from her mother-in-law. And I'm going to go over those really quickly because I cannot use all my time going through this. This is just one of the things I'm going to be giving you today that you can continue to use to root out and suss out where your burnout is so that you can uh, laser target focus on that. Okay, so the six axes that she talks about. And the way she sets this up is, is if you're wanting to figure out how to build good relationship, these are going to be six components. And that the understanding is, is the further away you are, the more tension, strife, and stress you have, the closer you are on agreement with these axes, the more harmony, compatibility, and love you'll have. Okay. So the first one is the mind. And the mind, how are you comparably in your intelligence? Are you a smart whip uh, that wants to have a person who you can uh, iron sharpens iron and have intellectual um, um, dialogue with? And if you are, how do you react to those who may not be in that level that you have to interact with? That is going to be an area. How compatible compatible are you in intelligence? If you find people who are fine with being shallow in their conversation and in their thought patterns insufferable, this might be an area that you need to look at with regards to your burnout and your relationships. The next one is, of course, going to be money. Yes, you have to have the same sense of where of what money is for and what your money goals are to have compatibility. If you have someone who is a spendthrift and you have someone who is a money monk, we're going to have some problems. You know, you don't have to have the same amount of money uh, socially or whatever, but there should be um, a way for you to make peace with 
how they deal with money, especially if they're not your spouse and your kids. But if they're your spouse and your kids, being able to uh, assess where you all are on this range of how you feel and deal with money will help you to alleviate some of your stress. Remember, this is about you. This is not about trying to get somebody else told or checked or corrected. Because I'm going to tell you, when you change, your environment changes. All right. So the next one after mind and money is going to be morals. This one is huge. Um, How close are you on the ideals of what is right and wrong in the world? Um, During this time in the United States, we are in the high season of politics. And this can be very daunting and trying on people who have differing opinions uh, about what they believe is right and wrong. And it's especially if they are people who are polarized, meaning that you are dug down deep on one side of an issue or another, never to be moved, that is going to cause you undue stress and undue um, uh, anguish if you don't figure out how to deal with it. You cannot try to use your energy to persuade other people, what you can do is you can use your energy, especially when you're dealing with people that you have to deal with, to um, be okay with them letting their morals be theirs and yours be yours. But I will tell you, the closer you naturally are into similar morals of what your idea of right and wrong in the world is going to be is going to help you with more compatibility. Otherwise, you will have to do a little work, but you don't have to stress out about it. The next one uh, that Mary Robinette talks about in her relationship axis is manners. And I will tell you, this one here is going to help you by leaps and bounds with helping you to stop burning out when you have to be around people, whether it be at your job or at home or in social settings. Manners. Do you have the same sense of what is polite and what is not? What is a social grace and what is not? I mean, come on, let's face it. If you're at a holiday party and you see Bill from accounting double dipping his chip right in the middle of the guacamole dip, that's going to be a problem because he doesn't have good home training and good manners. And that is going to help you to know, okay, I now realize why Bob from accounting rubs me the wrong way. You have different manners, different understandings of etiquette and what is socially acceptable. And but just by being able to become aware of it and do an assessment of where you stand in relation to others is half your battle. All right. So now the next one is going to deal more so with intimate relationships, the next two. And uh, so this one will help you if you're having issues with your significant other, your loved one, that kind of thing. And this one has to deal with monogamy. How do you feel about what uh, should be sacred to your relationship with that committed special other? If you have differing opinions meaning you further, you're further away, then there's going to be some issue. And I have been observing a lot of people who have relationship burnout because this is one of the issues that goes unchecked. It might be known, but it's unspoken, undealt with, and uh, it is allowed to run amok like a wild horse. So deal with it if you are finding that you're burned out in your actual significant relationship. 
And then the last one, and as you can see, her iteration has been M's. The next one is called Marx Brothers. And this just stands for humor. Do you have the same type of humor? Do you find the same uh, style of comedy funny? That is a big factor in all areas, but especially in your 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 special relationships. Um, if people are pranksters, do you like pranks? If you don't and they're constantly pulling pranks on you, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a high stress factor. So these are some of the things that you can use as a diagnostic for yourself because you're not trying to change other people. You're trying to get to the root of where you are spending too much of your energy unsuccessfully managing your stress so that you can rescue yourself out of your burnout. All right, so let me just repeat that again. Um for up to this point, okay? So with uh, a burnout rescue, the first thing is is to do an assessment and discover areas that uh, try you, areas that trigger you and areas where you're spending too much of your energy trying to cope unsuccessfully because that's what's causing your bad stress. And those are going to be areas like people, their personalities, the hierarchy, pecking order, power, status, time and deadlines. And all of these can be triggers and they can be silently and invisibly causing you to be burned out continuously. Then we talked about a relationship axis uh, made famous by Robbie, uh, Robbie, <laughs> Mary Robinette Cole, where she talks about your mind, your money, morals, manners, monogamy, and Marx Brothers, meaning humor. And the further away you are with an individual or a group is going to cause more stress. And the closer you are, more harm. Harmony. All right. So the next thing is, is once you've done that, then I want you to look at is your situation that is causing you these triggers and these areas, is it temporary or does it need to be, do you need to make a permanent change. Most of the time, people have a problem here. When I've been able to help people uh, coach, you know, coach people to be more, uh, to have stronger wisdom and mental strength, one of the things that we have had to discover is that a lot of times people don't know when to hold them, when to fold them, and when to run. And so by going through this assessment of the areas that trigger you, go through. And if there are some major ones, see if it can be, if it's just a temporary issue or it needs to have a permanent change. There have actually been people that have been willing and strong enough to go through this to know when they have to end a uh, a cycle of something, whether it be a relationship or a job or where they live or, or whatever. Okay. And uh, so once you have gone through this, this assessment to this point, and you've discovered what can be, what is just a temporary thing that can be changed, or what is something that is permanent and it needs to be changed, then we are in the land of understanding what is chronic. Chronic is going to be that ongoing, it ain't changing, so you got to change kind of thing. Okay. Because the temporary stuff, you know that there is a set time and I'll be over it. Um, but if it's permanent, then there you go. For some people, temporary might be we are temporarily uh, slammed for the holiday season. And I know that after the holiday season, things will go back to normal and I will be fine. That's temporary. But if you are stressed out, it's the holiday season and you're slammed and you were already stressed out before, this might be a situation of permanent issue. 
All right. So the next thing is, and this is important, please listen to this because you can do this better than anybody else in your life. Figure out if what you are going through is a pattern, a cycle, or a season. And what we mean by that is check and see, do I always tend to have higher stress during the end of the week, the quarter, or the year? Uh, Do I get seasonal affective disorder, aka the winter blues? Or do I have year themes? Like, go back through and look and see what you were doing if you're old enough to have at least two cycles of something. What was happening to me in a year that ended in a zero, a one, a two, and on through to a nine to see if there are patterns that have happened. There are some people that that are happy when a, a, a year ending in a three comes along because they're like, I'm about to show out, you know, because they know their seasons and their patterns. Whereas they buckle up and they become more aware or hypersensitive to things that they need to handle in their lives because it might be a, a eight season and they're like, Mm-mm, my eights usually do me in. And that's just because they are willing to become more self-aware of their life, their life um, cycles and uh, what happens. And if you've noticed, I've not talked about things that happen to you. I am talking about things that you've lived through. And then this is a bigger, bigger one that uh, I've had tremendous success with people with dealing with burnout and understanding the stresses that they're under. And that is to identify if there are any anniversaries of trying times in your life. Whether it be, and yes, there have been people who have had to realize, uh, oh my gosh, this is the anniversary of this. And they didn't realize it in their head, but it was very um, um, apparent in their body and in the actions that they took of something. So be aware of that. And um, so now that we're looking at, at these patterns and these things and we're working with the chronic stuff, uh, I want you to look at and, and drill down a little bit more to now ask yourself, am I just exhausted or is this chronic stress? And to do that, know what, um, you, ca- what you need, uh, what you need to uh, do to get over something, meaning, uh, is it is it just that you need a break? You need a vacation? Or is it something that even if you were to take a break or, or a vacation, it would still be staring you in the face when you came back? And depending on whether you're suffering from exhaustive stress or chronic stress is going to be how you go about doing the next thing. And that is changing your conditions. Now, this is when, uh, what we're talking about now, this is when you know there needs to be a change made. And we have whittled away what are the temporary ones. We have whittled away what are the ones that can be healed by exhaustion. And now we are left with the chronic stresses that they're permanent and we need to deal with them, okay? And so they're going to be those that are in your environment. They're going to be those that trigger you. Whenever they occur, they're going to be, of course, the people and they're going to be your behaviors. Now, we've already talked about some ways to look at dealing with the people uh, through the relationship axes. You'll be amazed at how much you can 
glean and understand from understanding what tendency personality type you are and um, the relationship axes. So now in our last few minutes, we're going to deal with the environment, triggers, and behaviors because all of those are wrapped together. So the first thing is, is there needs to be some personal mental processing changes, meaning you need to do a a self-evaluation as you have already been hearing me talk about today with going through that relationship axis for your people. For, for your people skills and the people that you find yourself around. The next thing is, is to identify your defense mechanisms. What happens when you're around someone that rubs you the wrong way? Do you shut down? Do you become defensive or do you become aggressive or harsh or critical or snipish? These are defense mechanisms. If you're not aware, ask people that you trust who you believe know, like, and trust you and b- tell them to be brutally honest, but with tact, but brutally honest and be willing to accept accept that you will go through what they say with uh, a humbleness, okay? So identify those defense mechanisms, whether you know them or you have to get some help from others. And here's another one, control issues. Look and see where your control issues are flaring up. And this is going to be hard for a lot of people because during this time when I've worked with other people with eradicating um, burnout in their life, a lot of people have come back and said, oh my gosh, my, my family, my friends think I'm a narcissist and they think it's the worst thing. Honey, don't worry about that. If you were to be honest, everybody falls on the narcissism echo, echoism uh, scale. Uh, we talked about that in a previous uh, podcast. Don't be upset about that. More so work within yourself to make changes so that you can be better at handling yourself, handling burnout, and handling relationships. So let's talk a little bit about some behavioral changes that you can make to help you stop burning out all the time. And that is, of course, looking at your control issues. Control what you can and let the rest take care of itself. You need to make sure that your control is not out of skew. It's the serenity prayer. Understand what you can change and what you can't and be okay with with both of them. Then the next thing is, is evaluate whether you have in place healthy, well, you don't have it because you're burned out, but figure out how you can get healthy and adequate coping mechanisms in place. The defense mechanisms that no longer serve you need to be swapped out for healthy ones. Healthy ones can include admitting if you're tired or if someone is saying something that you don't understand, asking them, please stop, uh, clarify, because the mental processing that it takes to interact with someone could be wearing you out. And then the last two are going to be very big, and that is what we would call psychological detachment. Being okay to know when it's all right to check out from something that is causing you to overheat or um, spaz out. I don't want to say, excuse me, that's a bad word. Excuse me, I forget, forgive me. But causing you to overheat or, or be on the fritz with what you have to deal with. It's okay to emotionally separate yourself from things that continuously drain you and stress you out. And then the next one is 
have psychological innovations. You want to create, launch, and adapt new perspectives and new perceptions about your world. And the first thing you can do is to start by having small wins. Get some small wins of completion to reset, rejuvenate, and rebound you to be your best functioning and performing self. And when you do these things, this is going to help you to become your own burnout rescuer. So guess what? Yes, y'all, my time is up. I really do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'll see you later and have a good one. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.